And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Welcome back to episode six of A-Sides. Holy shit, we made it that far. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why people are still coming back for more, but thank you. Apparently you uh, are entertained by our whatever the fuck it is we do here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come up with uh, make-believe bands like Band of Fuck. Yeah. I'm actually going to start that band, by the (laughs) way. So uh, I'm going to have to go back. Maybe after we uh, record this, I'm going to record something. With like an intro that says ladies and gentlemen band of fuck and then has like just some crazy metal shit playing or something oh nice and we oh. could splice that in there in the beginning I'll sign over the name to you uh, you can you can just keep it <laughs> you sign it over to me you already uh... actually it was your idea you invented it <laughs> yeah yeah I was gonna say we got plenty of witnesses <laughs> like 20 people or something I don't know if that's enough I don't know anyhow now we're just babbling about this uh this band again. So what what do we have in store this week, Andy? We've got highly suspect MCID. That was out on the first. And then we've got Jeff Lynn Electric Light Orchestra from Out of Nowhere, also on the first. I believe Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. I shouldn't be telling you this. Was on the first. Uh, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders get the money. That was November 8th. And then Miranda Lambert. She had a new album. Forget the That first. was on the 1st. That oh, was on okay. November 1st, yeah. It's called Wild Card. And Andy didn't listen to that one. Oh. He failed me. Yeah. He failed us, all of us. Um, yeah, I got sidetracked this week. It was like a fucking week from hell. Oh, I feel you on that one. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Miranda actually failed all of us with this with this album. I can <laughs> I can just touch on it real quick and get it out of the way if you want. I mean, sure. I for one have never necessarily been a huge Miranda Lambert fan, but a it probably was the biggest mainstream artist to have a record come out in these last two weeks. <clears throat> so felt kind of obligated to have to touch on it a little bit but on top of that i mean i actually really liked her last album surprised the hell out of me um probably yeah, sounds you weird said you for me to the say pistol Annie's, though, yeah and i like the pistol annie stuff that's come out uh, which i really like ashley monroe and she's part of that so that's kind of the selling point for me uh which i like her stuff way better than the pistol annie stuff but but i was never like a big I mean Miranda Lambert's just had some really really cheesy ass pop country songs over the years and I mean when I first heard her she was on Austin City Limits like years ago I'd never heard of her and I actually thought she was really cool I was like oh fuck she covered like uh, Hillbilly Highway by Steve Earle she did that song kind of won me over and I was like ah this chick's probably gonna do something cool but then like I never heard anything really of her again other than a couple songs around that time I guess but then, you know, I heard all these pop songs she was doing and stuff. Like, there's a Carrie Underwood song they did together. Like, some duet, and it's really fucking stupid. Um, but then that last record, 
I bought it because I heard like one song and it was so good. That song Tin Man, I I loved it. And I was like, shit, I'm gonna buy that album. Like I liked it so much. The next time I saw it in the store, I snatched it up and it was a double record. And I was like, shit, this is really good. Like, you know, she can actually write some songs. I'm sure she probably has some co-writers and whatever. I don't really know. I didn't read up to see if she wrote them all herself or you know what the deal was. Um, but. All in all, it was a great record, especially to pull off a double album, and it was produced really cool, really well, but really cool at the same time. Like it just had like a unique sound, and I knew when I heard the first single off this new album, it wasn't going to be the same thing. Uh, I think it was. It all comes out in the wash, and I heard it and was like, God, this song's really stupid. <laughs> I was kind of, I was really disappointed, but I was like, Ah, maybe the rest of the record is, you know has some good songwriting maybe it'll be you know the rest of it will live up to the last one and i can honestly say that i do not feel that way about it at all <laughs> i put it on and it was like the first song it's called white trash and it was just silly and then it all comes out in the wash it was just a, you know i'd already heard it i already knew it was silly and didn't change my mind listening to it within the context of the record I just felt like those two songs were like, you know, the Trailer Park Girls' new fucking anthem. They can all drive around in their out-of-date fucking Ford Mustangs. They're 80% rust, but they still think they're cool because they're a fucking Mustang. And crank the new Miranda Lambert album and go try to find themselves a fella with a mullet and a mustache. <laughs> Shit, I shaved my You shaved your mustache, I know. Andy had a really sweet mustache. Uh, I don't know. I suppose some some people listening might have seen it because you did post one photo on social media, and it was probably the best photo of you ever taken. <laughs> Which isn't saying much. Ah, come on. But yeah, there's. I mean, there's just nothing. I don't have anything good to say about this record. All I have to say is like, I just. I don't even know what to do but make fun of it. Like, there's two songs. Bluebird and How Dare You Love that were like decent songs and they weren't stupid but then they still weren't great like I don't I'm not going to go back and ever listen to them again Mm. some song called Locomotive I kept the whole time I just was distracted because I was trying to figure out what she was saying there was some line where I don't know if she was saying he gives me wind but to me it kept sounding like she was saying he gives me ween (laughs) Like, she just wanted some wiener? <laughs> I don't know. I just, that was in my, that's how I heard the it. band wean? I couldn't, maybe. I didn't think about that. He gave me his, his wean uh, record collection? That, you know what, you might be onto something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then there was this Firescape song that had this really annoying hook, and the whole time I was trying to figure out, like, is she wanting some dude to come have sex with her on a Firescape? Because that's like kind of the vibe I'm getting you know like it's just some hot fantasy she's got going on which I mean let's face it Miranda Lambert's pretty 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 (laughs) (laughs) I mean she's you know she's good looking she's attractive and I mean she can sing she obviously can write songs or at least co-write some decent songs with some other writers whatever happened on the last record might have just been a fluke I don't know her heart might have been so broken by Blake Shelton she just was able to you know write an amazing record and then 
And then she just went and... I don't know, maybe she fell in love with another dude now. And, uh... Her heart's not broken, so she just writes shitty, cheesy songs. I have no idea. There's a nice... Cheesy-ass... Drinking song called Tequila Does. Stupid. Pretty Bitchin' is the name of a song. These are, like, all cliches. Like, the whole freaking record's just, like, one cliche after another. So she did write it for those ladies and those rest of the I'm telling you, dude. The lyric from Pretty Bitchin', help yourself to the Tito's in the kitchen. It's pretty bitchin'. (laughs) You know? Which I have Tito's in this Bloody Mary that I'm stirring up here right now. So, again, shamelessly name-dropping the uh, brands of alcohol that we're drinking in order to try to score some... And Red's Black Cherry Ale. It's limited pick. There you go. Never know. One day, some someone that you know works at one of these fine establishments might say, "Oh, we're going to sponsor them because yeah. they drink our shit." So, so yeah, I don't. I guess that could kind of wrap up the uh, Miranda Lambert thing. There's only like probably the another one of the better songs that still kind of had lame lyrics is like at the very end called Dark Bars had a cool sound to it it's about all track record I felt like she just was kind of admitting that she was a slut (laughs) I want to listen to that song though about the Tito's in the kitchen being bitchin yeah help yourself to the Tito's in the kitchen it's pretty bitchin (laughs) so Maybe she's trying to get herself like an endorsement deal. Maybe I don't know, man. I don't think she needs it. I I, I have a feeling she's uh, made more money than you and I put together will ever see. Yeah. So <laughs> that was kind of just a one-sided perspective of uh, the new Miranda Lambert Wild Card album, but but hey, Andy dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. But yeah, but I feel like I already listened to it anyways. Yeah. Like, just that. Like, I, already, I can already hear it. Trust me, whatever you're envisioning right now is actually better than <laughs> than what she put together. Is it on the same level as the Zach Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I think the Zach Brown uh, record might be better. Yeah, because I actually I wanted to try Zach Brown. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's got some rock songs and stuff, and I was familiar with them, and then that album was just like a total letdown yeah yeah I mean I didn't have much uh, skin in that game man I didn't really it's not like I was a fan I didn't wasn't gonna hurt my feelings or discredit any previous uh, opinion that I had of him prior to listening to that I mean I had no opinion and I still kinda have no opinion could have just been a fluke, you know? It could have just been one of those where he just really went off the rails and did a shitty record. Maybe his other stuff I wouldn't hate. But hard telling. I probably won't find out. Yeah. Unless he I pops to up give it on a our shot, radar though, again. Let's try. Well, a year from now, we might be giving another one from him a shot. Maybe we'll have a, some kinder things to say about it. I'm not really sure. I'm oh, not so going to... what one do you want to start with, then? Um, well... We could start with Highly Suspect. Right on. If you want. Um, this was your pick. And then Yeah, you, I know. It was my pick. And then you were pick. bitching to me like a week after, like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have picked this. Yeah. 
And I know it's not a webcast. Like you said something. We need to have like a visual. But like I brought a visual aid or something. So that's kind of what I was looking at this morning to try to jog my memory oh. of stuff of something. And uh, yeah, like I picked. Did you go see him? Didn't they play around here? Yeah, it was like, I didn't even know they were. I even made the poster for this. It was that Nutcracker. Like, I was trying to remember. It was 2015. Oh, okay. I thought, I think and they just played around here. They actually did play again on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I think they were at the Monarch, and it was the same night I saw Goo Goo Dolls at the same Oh, really? Night. I was thinking I heard but it was the castle, but. I was trying to dig this out because I remember they autographed it, and I. So I have two posters, one that's autographed and one that's not. Well, what kills me is I never looked at a picture of these guys until today. Oh, yeah. And, man, I did not picture that. When I was listening to this album, those, that, I mean, they're like. Yeah. They're like the whitest motherfuckers in the world. Like, you can kind of see that dude's got like a neck tattoo. It's like a, like a wing or something. Right. And, yeah, he's all like they just, tatted up. Yeah, I see. I didn't even notice the tattoos in the picture I saw, but they looked just like pretty boys. Like these, just I don't know. Yeah, they, they looked like they just came out of some really ritz, ritzy suburban area, you know, and just like their yeah. like their parents were members at the local country club, and <laughs> they rode around in Mercedes their whole fucking lives, and they were just super like pretty, and you know, like. So it was basically, like, I think that's what... It did not Aven- sound like the yeah. fucking record I was listening to, or it I, didn't look like the record yeah. I was listening to. I think, to. isn't that what Avenged Sevenfold kind of started out as? I think they were, like, suburban, kind of, like, rich kids. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they turned into some huge, like, metal band huh. or something. But, like, that's off topic. Figures. But, no wonder I don't like Avenged Sevenfold. But uh, the thing was, is thinking back to this show, because I made this poster for the Nutcracker thing, and it had Highly Suspect and, like, Star Set... And um, I kind of liked like the job I did on the poster because I was trying to. It was something where it's like, okay, here's the photo the band wants, and here's the photo this band wants, but you got to kind of fit them on there. And like, one photo was like huge, so I had to like crop this one like way down to fit them. And then this one I tried to have to. It was like it was like two different sized images, you know, you're working with that don't really fit together. Right. So I was like, how do I do this and still have them on there and try to make it look good? But, uh... So I was kind of, like, into the show or something before it actually happened. I'm like, man, this poster, like, I'm, like, hyped up. And then they printed out the posters and had them, like, blown up at, like, Avanti's and they were giving out little uh, cards if you ordered Avanti's takeout (laughs) or something with, like, my artwork on there. (laughs) But then going to the show, right... I guess both of those bands were like brand new bands and didn't have an album out. And they're backstage like signing their posters. Well, the one dude who's like the singer, I don't know if he's like a diva or something, but he wasn't even there. It's like, you know, you've only had one album out. This is your first album. Maybe he had diarrhea. (laughs) But then... Well, I'm just saying, you know, he might have had... True. (laughs) You never know. He could have been sick. Um, and then it was kind of like a thing where I was like, I was hyped up and then it kept progressively getting like, like, like I'm more annoyed with these guys because actually to back up those guys in star set, they did some, uh, acoustic performance thing in the little bar in the limelight, um, hmm. lobby. And I think they played two songs acoustic. Then they did space oddity by uh, David Bowie. And I was like, 
oh yeah, that's cool, you guys did that song, that's an awesome song, and you did a good version of it, and they're like, I said something like, are you fans, and they're like, no, like we don't really know much David Bowie, we just picked it because it fit our outer space theme, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, man, I want to take back the compliment, but then when they were signing stuff, it was like, they're like basically douchebags, like, the two guys were um, our brothers, and they were like signing, but the one guy, I think he started drawing a picture. So then this band, they were like, all right, we want to do pictures too. So then they started like drawing shit on there. And I don't know. It was stupid. And I was like watching them like sign everybody's stuff. So then like as they're signing more posters, those guys are drawing more shit and they're drawing more shit to try to compete with the other guys. Jesus. And I'm just like, God. It's like, God, just give me, just never mind. Keep the fucking poster. Yeah. Like just end this I have more at too. home anyhow. Fucking turds. So that's why you wanted to listen to this record. <laughs> well, <laughs> you no, had a bad memory and you were I like, I had yeah. kind of forgotten about it because I couldn't remember if that guy was actually at the meet and greet or not. So that's yeah. why I wanted to fish out that poster. So I was trying to remember. All right. But uh, because I saw something but online. He had diarrhea, so he wasn't there. <laughs> well, while I was listening to the album, I'm like, God, this album is so fucking shitty. But I saw something uh, I don't, I think I, I might have been looking them up. Oh, now I remember what it was because they were playing at the Limelight or the Monarch or whatever. And they, they must have had another meet and greet. And there's like five guys in the band now instead of three. And I'm like, I don't mm. remember that either. So I was trying to, uh, I think. Maybe that's like the three main guys and they just have like hired guns. Maybe they like. Ride everything and do all the studio work and yeah. So I'm like, maybe they added like keyboard guys for like touring uh, musicians. But then, yeah. so I was looking him up, and the singer dude named Johnny something, he's got like a rap persona called like Juicy Johnny or like Terrible Johnny. <laughs> and I remember listening to the album, and there is something. It's like one song featuring uh, Terrible Johnny and somebody, and I'm like, on this album. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is up? So he was referencing, yeah, because I, I did, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I thought I made notes. There was Young Thug was one of the guest spots. Yeah, because... Uh, T Grizzly, which is quite the fucking name. Yeah, it was uh, track number seven, Tokyo Google. Mm-hmm. Or a ghoul, not Google, but highly suspect and terrible Johnny featuring, yeah, young uh, thug. I missed the, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, like maybe I listened to this too much and then I was trying to like piece together these memories and then I saw him and he's like, I think he's trying to do his own rap career That's and funny. it almost sounds like he's using this album to like launch his rap career or something. It's pretty interesting. Unlike the time you didn't meet him because he was so under, I spent way too much time with this album and he was under a different persona the night you were trying to get his autograph as Diarrhea Dan <laughs> <laughs> terrible Johnny couldn't make it tonight well it's a good thing he didn't sign it Diarrhea Daniel's in my, on the toilet in brown He'll be out in a little the, bit you know so alright so to get brown down to the record people. here so you said you don't like it you thought it was a piece of shit well, or I don't know if I just put those words. It was in your like mouth, but. half shit, half listenable, I guess. Yeah. Well, but after I kind of trashed the guys, like, what's your opinion? You can. Man, honestly, I thought this was one of the more interesting records of the whole batch. Like, yeah. that's why when you were texting me, you're like, 
oh, I shouldn't have picked this album. This thing's stupid or whatever you said. I don't remember. But yeah. I'm just not that good with details and remembering everything. But yeah, that's what I said. I instantly was just kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? Like this, I thought it was a really interesting record. I didn't hate it at all. When it first started, like when I first put it on, I thought, God, this is not my kind of music at all. What the fuck did I sign on for here? You know? And I just thought it was going to be brutal to get through and stuff. And I actually, I have probably more opinions like song to song on this than anything else. I mean, I don't know if it's my favorite of the batch, but it's my, to me, it was the most interesting. Because I feel like it's really like an angry record. And I guess the fact that all the, all the like, rage that's in this album like seems sincere you know uh-huh. unlike when we like we sit there and we listen to like bad wolves last week or yeah you know these five finger death punch bands like they sound like their their anger and their you know i'm a tough guy bullshit it's just yeah. contrived like it's like well we're men and we don't want to be pussies so we're gonna go like put out some music that's tough rock. yeah but this is like i listen to this and i'm like no this is real like this dude Whoever's writing all these lyrics, like, just the whole thing is a genuinely, just a sincerely fucking angry record in spots. I mean, some of this is just, from a lyrical standpoint, at first, the first song, Fly, when I first started listening to it, I was like, ah, I don't know, because it just was too blunt and, like, you know, like, he's just kind of laying it all out there really bluntly and admitting to feeling like this hate for himself. Like, the whole first verse is almost like this. I just want to kill myself. Like, it's almost like pro-suicide. But then the second verse kind of goes into, like, this thing where it's like, oh, but I have my family, you know? And then by the end of it, it kind of wraps up with being like, well, hey, life ain't that bad. You know, you got all these other things. And he kind of talks himself out of wanting to kill himself. And at first listen, it really just kind of annoyed me because it was just, you know, I don't like people just being like, oh, I should just kill myself. Like, just saying it that bluntly in the song, you know? Um I mean, suicide's a terrible thing anyhow, and I, you know, to me, it just shouldn't be thrown around so fucking lightly like that, which these younger generations, they just fucking do. Um, But, you know, the second time I listened to it, I just had a different appreciation for it because it kind of had, like, the way he just lays it all out there bluntly, and it's not really, like, it's poetic, like, it first i didn't feel like it was i felt you know like it was too on the surface and not poetic enough and what he was trying to the point he was trying to get across but then like i guess the second listen i had i felt the charm a little bit more and maybe the fact that i got through the rest of the record and enjoyed it way more than i thought i would you know cuz when i first started i just like i said i was not feeling it i was like this is gonna just be a piece of shit and i'm just gonna have to tough my way through this but then it had like so many interesting moments that i was like i mean it's all over the place stylistically yeah you know and yeah that was one thing my first maybe i wrote off like fly like too easily because i just put "Eh, 21 pilots man because it kind of sounded like that like i wanted more of a rock thing because i think the reason why i um I recommended it, or I wanted to pick it uh, for uh, this episode, was because they've been playing that 16 song 
on um, WWCT for a oh, while, really? and that's why I kind of forgot about that band. Like I guess like I, I didn't have like a good experience with that song, yeah. character thing, so I was like, eh, like whatever. And then they were like playing this song on CT, so I was like, all right, they're kind of back on my radar, and it was kind of a catchy uh, song. You know, it was decent enough. Yeah, I mean, it's catchy. It sounds like it'd be the radio song. That and Freak Street. That's kind of like the pop song to me. Like, I, I would think that would be the next single. The only part of 16 I really liked was the part where um, I don't really remember everything that's said, but basically some part in like the second verse, I think, where he finds out the kid's not his. Like, it's about having a kid young yeah. and everything. Yeah. And he says something about... Um, Something about a different being born a different color, and you know I'm not a brother. <laughs> I kind of laughed, like I didn't catch it the first time I listened to it. I actually I didn't catch it until this morning. I kind of I was up super early, and I kind of went back and revisited everything, and and uh, and this was that stood out to me this time around. I was like, oh shit, that's pretty funny, really, but. Rest of the song wasn't, you know. I thought Canals was a cool song. Yeah, like I put that down too. I like that one, but then like the one the chorus or something was like, take a crack pipe and light it with a torch light and throw it down a gas line. I'm like, shit. Like how you're talking about it being aggressive or yeah. Like, I'm like, shit, man. I'm gonna travel to a past life and kill all the bad guys and signal with the flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> like they're interesting lyrics, man. It's just kind of you know, I don't know. And I just like the line where he's just like, I don't fucking care if you fucking care, you know. It's just, it's got, it's got some real angst in it. Like you feel it. Like this dude is, yeah. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder. There's even a lyric somewhere in there where he mentions a chip on his shoulder. I can't remember what song, but, um, I mean, this dude has some demons and has a carries a serious fucking chip on his shoulder. And I think that it's <laughs> he's got a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if I was on the fucking John as much as him, I mean, my God. Yeah, and Upper Drugs, I actually thought was one of the coolest songs on the record, man. Yeah, that I wrote, one. It had a cool jam at the end. Yeah, that one's just like has a badass sound to it. And I like the line, I want to sleep forever. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's obviously a dude that, you know, <clears throat> he's obviously battling with depression, possible Crohn's disease. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. I don't. I, I really like that song, the Tokyo Ghoul song that you were talking about earlier with the his uh, alter ego and yeah, that's when it kind of took a turn. Like I liked the first half, but the second half I was just kind of like, eh. the second half gets pretty boring. I don't. I was trying to figure out the whole thing too, and the chorus was like dirt bike whip, like whatever he's saying, like he's like dirt something, <laughs> dirt something else, dirt bike whip. Yeah. I'm like, huh. It's about as bad as Miranda Lambert asking for some ween. Uh, there was one, though, that I made mention of. I think I might have said something in the text, because I try not to text you too much about these albums, because I want to save it. But the one SOS with, like, yeah. Gojira, Gojira, or something, the whole little <laughs> the whole little death metal vocals that start that song, it sounded just like that Greta thing you had me listen to. Oh, where it was yeah. like they took her speech. Right. And made it metal, and I, and that's all I was thinking about was that speech. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird song because it starts off like that. And I'm like, ah, fucking cool, and then it goes into like this Queens of the Stone Age sound and verse. Like the verses reminded me of Queens of the Stone Age, and then the chorus just sucks. Like the chorus just pops up, and it's like, ah, fuck, that's it. Like you got me all riled up right out the gate, yeah. and then you just leave me with this really bland chorus, you know. But 
Another uninteresting moment is the next, I think it's the next song after that, like the teddy bear thing or the at teddy bear. Is that like, oh, really? Like, is that somebody's Twitter handle? Is that, (laughs) I don't know what that is. That was one uh, that I'm kind of glad you mentioned because, like, I wanted to point that one out too because it's like I kind of want to like it more than I do. Right. And well, it I was kind of cool sound, looking, but I like the fem- um the female vocals at the end. And I was looking it up, and it's some chick from a group called Nothing But Thieves mm. or something. Like all he is yeah. is saying like I want to be your teddy bear or something, and I'm like. Well, it sounded kind of juvenile or something, but then her like vocals song, made it man. sound cooler than it actually was. The song, I don't know. It was like a Florence and the Machine kind of hmm. thing or something. Are you sure that that girl, whatever the name was, that's not like his other alter ego, like his trans alter ego? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like he dresses in drag and sings like a girl? Maybe he's got all these Maybe. different personas. I thought Arizona was a really cool track. It's not as good of a song as it is a great fucking sounding song. The acoustic guitar and the cellos sounded so good. I was just sitting there like, fuck, I could just listen to this if it's an instrumental. Like, they just sounded... Yeah. It, they just sound great, man, with, like, some good earbuds in and listen to or some good yeah. headphones or whatever, a really good stereo cranked up. I was like, God, there's some... Like, they really captured the depth of both those instruments. Like, they sound so fucking good. I just was... It's all I can say about that song, I guess, yeah. really, is they just... It sounds so good. And the song's good, but the song's not as good as it sounds, you know? Like, I don't know. I wish it was, like, some epic fucking song, like Dream On or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, this way better song because it sounds just fantastic. So I guess my thing would be like any uh, aspiring producers, you know, out there that <clears throat> kind of whatever do their little recording studio bullshit in their basement. Add more would, cellos. Would and geek out to that, that you know, like you would listen to that and geek out to the sound. Like fuck, I want to know what microphone they used on that, you know. <laughs> but you know, but then okay, so the Silk Road was another interesting, interesting one. I thought, God, I've had like two sips of my Bloody Mary and I'm already like developing a lisp. So the Silk Road. (laughs) Oh, I, this was another one where the anger, like just, I was like, fuck yes, you know? Fuck that, fuck shit, and fuck God's plan, you know? Because there's the line about some say it's God's plan or something like that, and he's just like, well, fuck that, fuck shit, and fuck God's plan. And I'm like, what? Fuck yeah. I really... I don't know. I This song, to me, was just a really good standout song. I mean, the chorus is cool. He says something like, I feel like the whole world's just like, what the fuck? So I go, I go out alone on the dance floor and tear shit up. <laughs> you know, like... See, like, I guess I kind of wrote that one off. Maybe I need to give that one more of a chance because it was another one that sounded like 21 Pilots. Yeah. It was like, like to me, half the album sounded like that band and then a rock band. It, yeah. was, like, it was like every other song was... Uh, yeah, I, I would give that one another listen. It was kind of cool. I mean, it was like the political one of the bunch, you know? So... But then the other thing was, too, it was like... 
I think maybe I wanted to hate it too because I was like, what's the MCID? And if you remember at the end of that Canal song, like, there's some lady chanting something. And I thought she was saying, like, MCID or something, like, chanting, like, some kind, like, it was some kind of, like, uh, like, I don't know if it was, it was some kind of, like, other language or something that she's chanting. So I looked up, I was trying to find out, what is MCID? And I'm like, or is that, like, the Roman numerals? Because I know they have M's and I's. Right. And it's not the Roman numerals for uh, 2019, which was what I thought. But MCID is... My crew is dope. And then I was just like, ugh, fuck. Like, I was, <sighs> yeah, I kind of want to <laughs> slap him now. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel like I just gave him way too much credit. You know, that and the whole time she was chanting that at the end, I honestly thought she was chanting, he gives me a ween. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just have... <laughs> Maybe I'm just obsessing over something. I just, I want all... Female it was like I wanted to like this to... album, and then I was like, "Man, I want to hate it, but I want to like it." And then it was like, just like two different things. It has some dud moments. It's a long yeah. record, though. I mean, it's you know, yeah, like it actually did. Like the other ones are like thirty songs. minutes yeah. or something, and this one felt like it was like long. Like it's like, God, just kept going. Yeah, no, it was a long, long record. I mean, sixteen songs nowadays is just not. It's not something you get much, you know. Taylor Swift still puts out long records. Yeah, we it's one thing I really respect about her is it's like, God, you know, she doesn't need to. She could just pound out a ten song record and be done with it and yeah. make another million or so or whatever, you know. Go out on tour, make a bunch more fucking money and I don't know. So the fact that you see an artist do that and put out that many songs and it's Granted, these guys aren't pulling in Taylor Swift money, but, um, you know, they're probably, they're on the road and they're probably making a decent fucking paycheck, but they're probably not super rich by any means. But, but just to see artists be hungry enough to want to write, I mean, if they put 16 songs on the record, I mean, they might have only written 16 songs for this, but. Well, I think that Chances one Tetsuo's bike or something was just a little do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, I mean, there were some things that hardly counted as songs, I guess, but... But yeah, man, I mean, I'm probably not going to rush out and buy this record, and I'm... Because I, I can tell that I would, you know, not keep cranking this. Like, I'd buy it, and then I'd listen to it, like, one time. And then I'd probably just kind of be done with it. Or if I was to listen to it again, I just would skip through it. You know. And like, then I'm you sounded my so disappointed songs. with the "My Crew Is Dope" like that. You were like, I'm, "I might buy this album." Oh no, not now. Yeah, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have before. I don't know. I mean, it's it has its moments. It has its things. Like I said, I thought it was, you know, the most interesting out of the batch, just for the sake. Of, you know, it's. It's a diverse record. Yeah. It's it's all over the fucking place. I didn't know what I was listening to the first time because I just was like, oh, just one of these rock kind of records. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's a hip-hop record. Oh, no, it's metal. What the fuck am I listening to? I don't even know anymore. Then there's an acoustic ballad towards the end. And the first time I, I listened to it, I just didn't even know. It's like I think I enjoyed it, 
but I might have just been enjoying the fact that it just was jumping from one thing to another. Like, I felt like it was almost ridiculous. And then when you text me, you were like, yeah, I don't know why I picked this. And I'm like, no, you're fucking wrong. Like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be some good talk. Like, even if you yeah. hate it, like, it's got to be, you know, True. there's enough <laughs> shit going on here. I feel like there's some substance to talk about. And then the second time I listened to, listened to it was when it grabbed me a little bit more and I kind of started liking the lyrics like, ah, fuck, you know, I didn't really like this guy's writing style at first, but now I kind of appreciate it because some people are good at just laying it out there and just telling it like it is. It's not necessarily super deep, you know, but they're just good at getting their point across that way and they're just good at selling their song that way. I mean, fucking Lemmy and Motorhead, those songs aren't exactly deep. Yeah. Nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, fucking Ace of Spades is a really spiritual song. And, you know, Orgasmatron, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's really about something way deeper. It's it's not. It's, you know, he just, he's just a, that kind of music has its place, too, and some people are really good at that, and some people aren't. Some people are really good at writing these really deep, complex songs that take a little bit more attention, and and some people aren't good at that either they they try to write these deeper things and they just fall flat on their face you just listen to them and you're like shut up you're not good at that <laughs> you know stop trying to be smarter than you are what like ricky warwick again <laughs> yeah i mean i wasn't in the forefront of my mind or anything but but i mean i, th- I think like that one song was no that wasn't really an example of what i was talking about either yeah. but you know, as far as that that goes, because that just was the whole back to the whole political thing, like going talking about artists that are good at getting political and uh, trying to push their their views on society, uh, views of society, you know, and whatever. Some of those things come across really well, and some don't. And I thought the Silk Road on this album actually that was the one. There was you know it touches on police brutality and everything and. Um, Maybe I got to give those ones a chance because I kind of wrote off some of them as like, eh, it's kind of more 21 Pilots yeah. sounding. I thought that one was good, man. I mean, it deals with police brutality and racism, and it does it well. Like, hmm. it, it, I think, you know, it's a well-written song in what it's trying to achieve. I don't know. That one had a guest artist on it, didn't it? I yeah, mean, a lot of them had guests. Because uh, I don't think it was the same singer. It was the, yeah, it was the one with T Grizzly. T Grizzly. T Grizzly sounds like an angry motherfucker, and that's the thing is every time somebody just sounded yeah. angry on this, I was like, yeah, you fucking go, you get them. You just whoever the motherfucking enemy is, you just you get them. <laughs> so I don't know. All in all, I enjoyed it. Even if the I'm really mad about the whole my crew is dope thing. <laughs> you know, I just can't. He didn't tell anyone that until way later, I have a feeling. Because surely nobody yeah. let him put this record out knowing that. Like, if you're in my band and you're like, you come to me, you're like, hey, man, we're going to call this record MCID. And I'm like, cool, what's that mean? My crew is dope. I'm going to be like, no, fucking no, we're not. <laughs> you fucking put that shit on our record and I quit. I'm out of the fucking band. So I feel like there can't be, like, all three of them can't be that stupid. And I feel like 
the record label probably was that stupid. Like he yeah. pro he probably came up with it. Diarrhea Dan. I'm <laughs> guessing he came up with it. <laughs> and he didn't tell his bandmates. And he went to the whatever dipshit rep he has from the label and told him. And this guy was so fucking out of touch with what's cool, he was probably like, yeah, dog, that's dope as fuck. <laughs> you know? So that's how I picture it going down anyhow. So keep in mind, probably. this guy's probably, and I also picture him being about like four foot nine, bald right here, little patch here that he's still like doing some sort of like slick back comb over, you know? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Maybe we should talk about something else now. <laughs> all right. So you want to move on to Jeff Lynne, Electric Light Orchestra? Yeah, we can do that one next. Yeah, that's one that, like, I was kind of looking forward to because yeah. um, it's got a good sound. Like how we were talking about, I think, last time, like that produced, over, almost overproduced rock sound. He's, like, the king of that. Right, you know? and it's not like in a bad way. It's it's like super polished. Right. Yeah. No. This to me, what was crazy about this was you put this album on, and you just feel like you're listening to a fucking ELO record from the seventies. Yeah. Like it sounds like they just picked up. Like he just picked up right where they left off, and just. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like a record written in 1977. You know, sounds like it just was recorded back then it's it's just fucking crazy like i didn't know what to expect going into it because i haven't really listened to any of his new stuff yeah you know i mean i've obviously listened to the classic elo you know and i i think the last thing i heard him do was the traveling wilbury stuff yeah like same i was thinking back because there was even one song that reminded me of that i think it was like time of our life that sounded like traveling the Wilburys. Yeah, I mean, there's hints of that in here for sure. I noticed yeah. that too, just in a few different songs. Maybe even the opening song, "All of My Love." I, it's just weird because it really does just sound like a classic ELO record. I mean, there's just there was hints of that. You can tell Jeff Lynne's sound, and so when he was in the Traveling Wilburys, he obviously, you know, left his mark. Um, but this thing. Definitely my favorite record out of the batch, out of yeah. everything we reviewed. Yeah, I'd say the same too. It's like I didn't totally love it, and there was nothing I hated. It just sounded pretty good, so I'm almost kind of like I don't have as much to say. Maybe just because it sounded really good, right? So it's like one of those things where yeah, sometimes when you just I have more to say when I hate something. Sometimes, like if I can just sit there and just kind of make fun of it, which is maybe kind of mean. I don't know. But anybody who's met me kind of gets it. <laughs> um, no, I really... I feel that way. Like, if you really love something like the Jimmy Eat World thing, I had a lot to say about that. Or if I really, like, hate something like right. Bad Wolves or the Hell Yeah, then I can talk, for, like, forever about those things. But if I just really liked it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It hit the spot. Right. I really like this a lot. Like, the first time I listened to it, I think I kind of had that feeling of, like, you know, my first thought was obviously like, wow, I don't know how the fuck they made this sound just like the classics. Because most bands don't, you know? And then most bands that are older like that, that have had this long career and whatever, um, 
you know, these artists sometimes will hit a point where they stop progressing. Yeah. Like maybe they, they, they're kind of building and they're getting better at their craft and they're experimenting with different genres and sounds and whatever. And then eventually they like hit this creative brick wall where all of a sudden they start wanting to go back and say, well, let's just go back and start making records. Let's try to just make a record that sounds like our old stuff. And most of the time they fail. Yeah. You know, like Motley Crue going from Generation Swine to New Tattoo. New Tattoo is a piece of shit. They were trying to capture something they just couldn't fucking capture. They yeah. were trying to go back and, you know, capture the same thing they captured when they were like, you know, 20 years old. You know, yeah. 18, 19, recording Too Fast for Love. You're not going to fucking capture that again when you're like old and fat millionaires and you don't. You're not as hungry. But my point being is yeah, like... Or even like the 94 one. That was like so like aggressive and like different yeah, and stuff too. And then it's like the yeah, new tattoo is like a step... It's a step back. back. Even though some of the songs, they're not to go too far into Motley Crue, but I really like those songs that they put out for that greatest hits, like Bitter Pill and Enslaved. Those two were great. Those yeah. had the really good rock sound from like, you know... And it was The modern. Doctor Feel Good. But then it was like... So it kind of seemed like what came next should have been good. But then it was like, eh. Right. And that's the thing with this is like you would expect to say like if you heard Jeff Lynn say, oh, this is going to sound just like a classic ELO record, you're going to say, no, bullshit. But I don't know because I haven't listened to the other stuff he's put out recently. And so maybe to the diehard Jeff Lynn and Electric Light Orchestra fans that are listening to this, they might just be like, what are you talking about, dude? Like this is what he always does and it's fucking amazing. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, people might be calling me a douchebag, but what they don't realize is that my crew is dope. So, because <laughs> my crew is Andy, and he's dope as fuck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of my love, the opening track, the harmonies in the chorus, you know, you put this thing on, and the harmonies are so fucking amazing. And there's like the second set of harmonies that come in, and you'd swear to God, a 25-year-old Brian Wilson singing in the fucking group. You know what I mean? Like, this, there's this really high part in there that just sounded, had like an old-school Beach Boys. Yeah. So, which a lot of the ELO stuff had it, too. I mean, but it's just that you don't hear it anymore. It was like the most refreshing thing right out the gate. Not even close to being my favorite song on the record, but... You know, it just was like, oh, wow. You know, and Down Came the Rain, pretty solid song. Yeah, that was the first one I think I kind of really liked was that one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was okay. From Out of Nowhere was the one where it really got me like, man, this sounds, this sounds like a classic hit. Like, this sounds, like, you listen to it and you're like... This already should be on the radio. I should. It feels like a song that you already heard a million fucking times. Like yeah. you've been listening to it on your classic rock station for the last thirty years. You just forgot about it. You know, and here and here it is on this new record. I mean, that's to me. To me, it's just like an instant classic. It's as classic ELO as it could fucking sound. Um, and then there's some good man. There's some good breakup songs like that going out on me. Yeah, that was one I kind of put down as a note. Like it kind of sounded like doo-wop or something. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a rock song, but it still had the ELO sound, but then it kind of sounded like that. So it was yeah. a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah. No, that one 
It was an interesting one. It had, you know, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. It has that kind of doo-wop kind of thing. And then Help Yourselves, kind of another classic sounding song. Just sounds like another classic ELO song. And Lose You is a cool breakup ballad. Um, one More Time I really liked. It's kind of an upbeat rock and roll song right in the middle of the record. I just like... Uh, uh, you don't hear too many people write songs now where they say baby in the song, right? Like baby, like he holds it. <laughs> and I'm every time he says it several times in there and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that's so fucking cool. And it's so cool, but it's not like, <laughs> it's so cool because it's not cool. It's like such an overused word that I don't think people, like it was used all the time back in the sixties. Right. But like, nobody's going to have the balls to do it now. Yeah. I guess if you're already old and you've already made a career, you can just fucking do it. <laughs> um, and I was actually cracking up when I was thinking about that too because years back there was some guys that had like this metal band and they were looking for a singer and so like my shit I was like in between bands right it was like before I got together with the guys in my band now yeah. but after this other band I had and I just kind of was sitting idle with like nothing to do and there was this band and they were a little more metal than like my style and they were looking for a singer, and I just kind of was like, you know what, man, maybe I just need to get out of my comfort zone. Maybe I need to work <laughs> with some other dudes and not just be like, do like what I do, being the primary songwriter yeah. deal and whatever. So these guys had sent me this demo, and it was pretty, it was pretty heavy stuff. It wasn't, you know, like band of fuck or anything, but <laughs> it was, you know, it was heavier than what I was used to, like with all the tuned down fucking guitars and shit. And, you know, so they sent it to me and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just try to write. They basically just wanted me to try to write something like, well, let's just see what you're about and just write something over the top of it and, you know, record it and send it back to us. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just give us an idea. So I kind of throw these lyrics together, right? And I had the word baby in it. And... I don't even I don't remember how it went now and I don't remember a damn thing about the lyrics other than it had the word baby in it and I only remember that because the dude called me up after he got it and he was really stoked like wanted me in the band but he was laughing because I used the word baby and he was like you know he's like the lyrics I mean I'm sure you just kind of threw it together which I did I 5 minutes probably writing and mm-hmm. recording this whole thing you know and he just was cracking up. He said they all, like, the band sat around and listened to it and was, like, laughing because I used the word baby in the song. <laughs> but they, like, but they, they were, like, dude, but the melodies and stuff and everything else about it was really cool, you know. And we were really shocked and didn't expect it to be that good. And they really wanted me to in the band and stuff. And long story short, it didn't work out because. All because of the baby? No, no, I know. You know what? It was a schedule thing, and they lived a ways away. It wasn't, it was like an hour and a half drive or something. Oh, damn. But then by the time, but then it was like in the opposite direction. By the time I did like the math in my head, by the time I drove to rehearsals like every Wednesday, like they practiced in the middle of the week, it would have been like an extra three or three and a half hours driving every Wednesday. And I was like, uh, you Hopedale then, or something? Yeah, so it was when I lived in Hopedale, so it was like I had to drive all the way over here to Washington, then I had to drive like all the way over on the other side of Farmington, and then all the way back, and it was like this big like three and a half hour triangle. Oh, shit. It was just, you know, 
and let's face it, most bands don't ever fucking get out of the garage. So I yeah. kind of just thought about it like, ah, the probability of this even doing anything is, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know. They, they were, they were, you know, in their garage for quite some time after that for a reason. Uh, so I was glad I blew, I ended up, I didn't really blow it off, but it didn't work out. And I'm glad that I didn't put any time into it because they obviously just, it was one of those scenarios where they weren't going to do anything anyhow. But the funny thing was, like, because it was, like, two years later. Man, so you could have been doing, like, a band of fuck back then. I could have been, you know. So I'm getting a little bit of a late start to it now, but I think it's... I or think are those the, the end result's going to... No, I don't. I don't remember who these guys were. I didn't really know them. And, like, two years later, there was some band, and they announced... They had a new singer, and they had a new song, and they put it out, and it was that same song, with a different singer and with different lyrics and stuff. Yeah. But the music was the same, and it was like the same demo. It was like the same tracks. I was like, Jesus, you guys sat on that for two years and didn't write anything else. <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah, those guys weren't for me, so it worked out. I'm not bashing on them. They're probably great guys. They seemed like really good guys, but whatever. So I got off topic there, but baby. Oh, sorry, it that inspired was, the story. That's what we do. We kind of get off topic. Sci-Fi Woman was a fun tune, man. I like that. And, you know, that's really all I have to say about it, other than the fact that it might have been what inspired me when I woke up at 3, 3.30 this morning. I could not fall back asleep. Yeah. So I was up at, like, 4 watching Forbidden Planet on Netflix. I was like, oh, fuck, Forbidden Planet's on here. And I'm sitting there <laughs> watching that with... Uh, Leslie Nielsen, you know? Yeah. And he looks like a stud. I'm like, God, that goofy bastard from Naked Gun, look at him. He's just a stud back then. Um, this album kind of gave me a little bit of an off-topic uh, kind of thing, too, that I started scribbling down. But I, don't, uh, but I was... I uh, saw Jimmy Eat World last night in Moline. So on the oh, way yeah. there, I listened to Electric Light Orchestra. The way back, I listened to the Jeff Goldblum album, but then I was thinking about stuff while I was like driving, and uh, I'm not too familiar with Electric Light, Electric Light Orchestra and Jeff Lynne. I'm not gonna say I'm like some kind of expert, but it's like I kind of like how wasn't he like yeah he worked with George Harrison and he's really got that slide guitar sound and stuff right and he's really polished. Then he did the Traveling Wilburys, and he worked with Tom Petty, who was also in uh, the Traveling Wilburys. So I'm familiar with all that, and I like that sound. But I think it kind of stemmed from having a class at ICC um, with you way back in 2007. I was thinking about this because you turned me on to Jellyfish, and I like that vocalist, Andy Sturmer. But Jellyfish only had the two albums, so I was like, shit, what's the guy been doing for what this was 2007 and those albums I think they were done in like 93 I was like right. what's the guy been doing for like 15 years or something and I saw that he had done some guest vocals on something he never had another band but he did guest vocals and there was something called L-E-O which was like some artist named Blue B-L-E-U or something he's like some indie guy he wrote an album that's like a tribute to Electric Light Orchestra, but he called it LEO, and he worked with Andy Sturmer. Andy Sturmer did a song on there. I think Hanson did some vocals on there. 
and I remember buying that CD like uh, shortly after you told me about um, um, Jellyfish, but I haven't listened to it in forever. So I kind of went back and listened to that this morning. That's why I was distracted and didn't get to the Miranda Lambert because I was kind of, <clears throat> I, I was kind of like revisiting like this thing, and uh, the LEO sounded really awesome. But then I was looking up uh, more of that. I was trying to get more information on like I was like, well, man, I remember listening to this, but what was more of the backstory with why they did this electric light orchestra tribute? And there was some guy that also worked on it named. Mike Viola, and I'm like, that name sounds familiar. I don't, know, I don't know if you know that name or not. I know the name. But yeah, he's worked with Ryan Adams, like Matt Nathanson, like Butch Walker, and I was just like, holy shit, like all this shit seems connected. And I was like, I was almost getting some uh, sentimental. I'm like, man, you like really refined my musical taste, I think, at that point. Why because be before. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, not to get all, like, nerdy and, like, oh, man, I love you, man. But it's, like, before I met you, I I really only listened to, like, radio shit and, like, dream theater and stuff. And then it was, like, once the jellyfish, you told me about jellyfish, it totally, like, unlocked, like, all this other, like, genres oh. of music. Yeah, it was, like, a, like a beam of light. Like, thing. opening like, a treasure chest and going, Fuck. Holy shit, maybe there's more to this Beatles stuff because, yeah, everything kind of stems from the Beatles. Even, like, right. Jeff Lynn's kind of, like, you know. It oh, kind of yeah. sounds like really super polished Beatles. Right. And then he ended up working with George Harrison. So everything stems from that. So I think it kind of, like, you kind of open up my... Well, I mean, everybody has that yeah. friend that, you know, we all didn't discover all this on our own. Yeah. Fuck, I don't have enough time in the day to just aimlessly wander around and look for music. I mean, even now with the internet, but back in the day, it was so much harder. You know, you had to have, you know. Yeah, because really back then, like when we were having that class together, it was like YouTube was kind of like becoming a thing or even like there was like MySpace and shit. Right. But there wasn't, I think like iTunes was around, but there really wasn't like what, Pandora and like Spotify right? and shit. And people weren't really... I don't think they were really about putting their music out there online yet at the time. I think Trent Reznor was doing it. And so if he's like, hey, here's an album. Just go download it for free. But not a lot of people were really keen on doing that. Right. So it's yeah, hard to find Yeah, people didn't know stuff. what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Prince was way ahead of that shit, too. Like, he was the one of the first, you know, that was really embracing the internet and stuff. I mean, he was smart enough to know that you're not going to stop it. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to stop this fucking monster. So yeah. the best thing to do is try to find your your way to, you know, get in there and make it work for you. The Time of Our Life was another one worth mentioning from this record. That was a really... Yeah, I guess to get back to the album, steer it back. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to say about it, honestly, but I did feel like mentioning that song because that was one of my favorites on it. Um just amazing uh, harmonies again. Those high harmonies that just scream classic ELO. Um, 60,000 rocking out. <laughs> I had I had to shout or whatever he says in the song. Yeah. It's like the it's like the scene of him going to some fucking concert and there's, you know. I don't know, it's just rock and roll, right? Like this record just at the same time, it kind of sounded like one of those autobiographical songs or something. Because then there's also right. that new Ozzy uh, song this week. Mm. And I kind of liked... 
or I guess I was listening to that Ozzy song and I was kind of thinking how some of his last couple songs are just about being Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like those are all his singles or something are like just about being Ozzy. And so when I was listening to that, I'm like, it almost kind of sounds like one of those songs. Yeah. Except good. Yeah. Because Ozzy's stuff lately is not, I've just not been a fan of his last couple records. I haven't even bought them, you know, like, I mean, I own... Pretty sure I own everything of his right up until whatever the last couple. I don't even remember them. Like after Osmosis, I couldn't even tell you the name of the fucking albums. Yeah. I think Scream was the last one. Yeah, I was going to say that's the last one I remember, and I don't. And then, like, uh, before that was Black Rain. Mm. But that had that yeah. one that's like. Yeah, I didn't buy that one either. I didn't, mm. didn't sell me on it, man. I don't I don't know. He lost his thing somewhere along the line. It might might have been yeah. that fucking TV show, <clears throat> you know, just yeah. becoming a parody of himself. It's like, oh, you're the Prince of Darkness. I don't want to see this shit. Like, I don't like. <laughs> I want you to still have that yeah. mystique. Like, you don't still have to be crazy, and you don't still have to be fucking on every drug <laughs> under the sun. You don't have to be an alcoholic either. But just. You can be that family man, but god damn, just keep it behind closed doors. Like I still want to think you're evil and crazy and you know, you fucked everything up for me. <laughs> Thanks, Ozzy. Fucking ruined my childhood. So yeah, I don't know. And that new song is yeah. not doing anything for me. I mean, I wanted it started and I was like, oh, this is you know, sounds cool, but then I didn't think it was. Like the song just didn't do it for me. Like what he was going for was cool. Did he execute it well? Not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't It sounds know. better than the last couple, I think, though. So. We'll see. Maybe maybe he just kind of shit the bed on picking a single out. Maybe he didn't pick the single yeah. out. Maybe his wife did. She calls all the shots now, I think, for him anyhow. So, Although it, she's a bitch. Yeah. So. I was reading an article, though, <laughs> or something about that song coming out, and... Uh, he was like, I don't even remember this. He was saying for like the last couple of years, like, I don't want to do a new album because people don't fucking buy albums. They just like stream shit. So I don't want to put out a new album. But then I guess because he's had like a really rough year and he had an accident or something, or he had like pneumonia or something, was in the hospital. Right. Then he had an accident where he aggravated old, like, I guess he had some, uh, some surgery from falling off a <clears throat> four wheeler or something. Sharon pushed him. I don't know. <laughs> you need to get out on tour. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm making I'm making that up, but <laughs> but he said when he was like he's basically like stuck at home. He's like, "Well, what else am I going to do than make a new album?" So, I guess I was kind of like yeah, <laughs> makes sure. sense. Got nothing better to do. So that's like, the maybe spirit. It'll be good. It said Duff McKagan was involved with it, and like Chad Smith. Smith. Yeah, I don't know who played guitar on it though. Yeah. For some know. reason, it's like I've read up on this and could not find anything on who the fuck the guitar player was. Maybe that's why I liked it because it wasn't Zach Wild because it seemed like everything just became a cliche that was of that. The squeal. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The- <laughs> you did it better than Zach. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Isn't it some kind of like? Uh, it's a 
pinch harmonic. Yeah, yeah. Like I think you told me about that before because I was like, what is that sound? And it's like every single Ozzy song is just that over and over again. It's like nothing but pitch harmonics the entire song. Like, really, dude? You're so cliche that that's all you Well, it was cool. Like, the first time you heard it, it was like, wow. It was really fucking cool. No More Tears in that song and on that record. Yeah, but it's not And then Osmosis, when he did, like, Perry Mason, like, that riff is real badass. And they were placed really cool in there. But then after that, it became a parody of itself. Yeah, because it's not like in in the song, the whole entire song. Right. Because it's like, squeal, squeal, low note, low note, squeal, low note, low note, squeal. Yeah, whatever. So. I guess I just hate Zach Wilde now. So that's why I liked it more than I. I mean, Zach Wilde, I kind of like him. The Black Label Society stuff's getting old, though. I mean, started off cool. I'm kind of over it. Maybe it's because he got sober. Maybe this is why these guys aren't cool anymore. Maybe sobriety's not the answer. <laughs> you know? Take it, take it from the guy drinking before noon, okay? Now, I, sobriety is obviously a great thing. If people need it, it's a, you know, it's a great thing to see people beat that that demon that's been you know, haunt, haunting them the whole, their whole life. But, uh, it does seem like sometimes you get these, these guys that, you know, they, they get sober, they find God, whatever it is they need to get their life cleaned up. And then all of a sudden the music's just subpar. (laughs) And in an interview, they're not going to admit it. They're going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm so much better now because I can think more clear and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, maybe your vision being blurred before was what wrote cool songs and made really cool yeah. music. I don't know. Although the last Megadeth one was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm not. Look, Jason Isbell got sober and fucking wrote the fucking ultimate masterpiece, you know, of our time as far as I'm yeah. concerned. It's like the, you know, it's like probably my favorite in my opinion one of the most well-written records of the last of our generation i mean it's just fucking amazing it's like god you know so there's i'm not saying that that's the case but you know but i am saying the too fast for love and shout out the devil are way cooler than anything motley Crue put out sober so there's that but you know Hell on high heels. Hell on high heels. That's the only thing I can think of. You know, I went and saw, speaking of Ozzy, and speaking of Sharon, not that I don't know if Sharon has anything to do with this, but I blame her. Um, well, you were at the show, that Sabbath show, oh, yeah. up at Tinley Park. I remember seeing that the opener was Andrew WK. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, that'll be badass. And then we get there... And it's like he's in a he's in a DJ booth and he's just playing classic rock songs. Yeah, but then wasn't the DJ booth thing? It was like his own face. I don't right? even remember or something man. like that. I just remember it was like being a pulpit thing, and he's at pissed. the top of it, and he's just. I think he's like playing, yeah, like classic rock songs with a T-shirt gun. Yeah, and shooting them out. He's not even <laughs> like, really like DJing. He's not scratching. Yeah, he's not he's doing, not anything. doing anything. He basically just pressed play on a classic <laughs> yeah. rock station on a mixtape. Yeah, it was the most ridiculous shit ever. I was so mad. I was like, and actually, I'd read about it like the day before. 
So I was already pissed. I didn't. It wasn't. <clears throat> it wasn't a surprise when I got there. Oh, like I'm making it sound, but but I had read about it like a day or two before that, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" You know. And I just figured it was like a, it was just a money thing. Like, well. We could have him open with a band, but then you got to pay him more because he has to pay his band. So yeah, was he getting Kelly Osbourne or something? I don't know. Well, I could just DJ. You guys could just pay me. Blah, 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 you know. Oh yeah, well that'll save us a bunch of money. Let's do that. People will think that's cool because you're such a character. We just put you in a fucking box. We'll just put you in a treehouse on stage and. Yeah, because now that you're talking about that, I'm like, didn't wasn't there something where like. I don't know. Way back when I was in high school or something, wasn't Black Sabbath going to come to Peoria and like Pantera was going to open or yeah. something like that? I then that. like even and when they canceled. did the, then when they even did the Heaven and Hell stuff with Dio back in the band, I think Megadeth opened up for him or something a couple times. Yeah. And I think they had like I don't know, some other like or maybe Down or something opened up for him. And it's like, and then you get Andrew WK doing like DJ shit for your like reunion tour right. after like so many years. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad shit. Thanks, Ozzy. Yeah. Another thing you fucking ruined for me. It was a good. I like their set. Um, maybe. Oh, the Sabbath set was killer, dude. He was. Yes. Maybe they didn't want anybody to show him up. I think that was when he was like really clean, like he had actually gotten his shit together and was legitimately sober, and he sang his ass off. Yeah. Like I expected him to sound like shit because I had heard all these horror stories of him just not having it anymore, yeah. and I thought he sounded great. The band fucking killed, you know. There was no Bill Ward. That was the only disappointment. I kind of like that guy, Tommy. Oh, he was killer. Cool. I think yeah. he was in Rob Zombie's band for a while. Yeah. It was the only time I've ever been like, hey, that's a cool drum solo. I think. Because I kind of remember it was kind of decent. Yeah, I don't remember. Hate to admit that, but for some reason I don't remember. I remember there being that, a drum solo, yeah. but I don't remember much about it. It was funny. One of my, uh, my friend I went with uh, Bill out of that show he uh, I thought Ozzy did sound good but the one thing that stands out from that show too is he said Ozzy he was basically like one of those dolls where you pull the string on their back and they say three phrases cause he's like I can't hear you <laughs> louder and let me see your hands and then he kinda like he just shuffle. repeats the same thing yeah it was just he said the same three things and then he shuffle around the stage pull a string on him and he just vibrates around like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't hear you. Lana. So, speaking of weird characters, this Jeff Goldblum album. Yeah. Goldblum. Is it? How do you pronounce his name? Is it Goldblum or Goldblum? Well, <laughs> you know, not to get. Um, I always end up obsessing over these okay, things. Okay, it is. It is Jeff Goldblum, even though it's Goldblum. But I don't know if you remember from I've Conan. I've heard it Bloom, yeah, but. I don't know if you're. Ever remember stuff from Conan O'Brien? But there was like I never watched it back when I was in high school. But I came across something online like years ago, and it cracked me up. But there was something from like he had done in the late '90s or something. Conan O'Brien did. And I found these things on YouTube where it was like something that would go secrets, and then it had like some celebrity on there. And I think there was some with William Shatner or. Uh, James Spader, and there was one with Jeff Goldblum, and he goes, 
it was like secrets. And he goes, um, sometimes people ask me, is it Jeff Goldblum or Goldblum? And I always tell them the same thing. Why the hell are you speaking to me? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm just glad that I'm not the only one because I was thinking about it and I was like, I feel like every time I hear his name, it's Gold Bloom. But a plum is a plum. It's not a plume. It's so not like my heart would be like, Yeah. I don't know. Is it a record or is it a record? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Mildred Mitzer Orchestra. Not familiar with her or her orchestra. It's not really an orchestra, it's a jazz band. It's true. Yeah. I'm glad you point that out because I didn't think about that. But now I'm kind of mad. I want to get a hold of this Mildred Mitzer and ask her what the fuck kind of <laughs> kind of shit you trying to pull here, Mildred. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling you this. I like the album title. It's a great yeah. album title. And here's the deal. This is... I got two things to say right out the gate. A, I was disappointed in this record. <laughs> B... I was surprisingly kind of into this record. Sounds stupid. Sounds like I just contradicted myself. <laughs> well, let me explain. Let me explain because, okay, I was disappointed in this record because I thought it was going to be like an orchestra playing with Jeff Goldblum just <laughs> talking over the top of it. Yes, Like yes, saying that's weird what shit. That's I want. That's what yeah, I want. I wanted it to be silly. I wanted this yeah. to be... Either that to where I'm kind of laughing at it or, you know, and I wanted it to be like, I wanted it to be like the Iggy Pop record, yes, but with yep. Jeff Goldblum talking over the top of it. <laughs> or I wanted it to be like just this shitty ass, like the David Hasselhoff record where it was just fucking terrible and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But I'm laughing the whole time through it. <laughs> but instead it ends up being a legit jazz record. Like this album is good. And I was, like, kind of mad that it was good. But then I was, you know, I was kind of into it. Like the opening track, Let's Face the Music and Dance. Right out the gate, I'm falling in love with this girl's voice that's singing. I'm like, oh, man, she sounds hot. (laughs) Sexy, you know? And so I guess he just plays piano on all of it, right? And then he's got a couple where he sings. He He sings uh, the last song, I think it is, Little Man, You've Had a Busy Day. He actually sings that yeah. one. And you can tell it's him. And you can tell he's not like a great singer, but he pulls it off. But you can, you know, his voice is unique, and so you can definitely tell it's him. Like it's, He's not one yeah. of those dudes where it's like, oh, that doesn't even sound like him when he sings. His, his singing voice actually sounds like his talking voice, you know. Your mind would... Your mind was going exactly where, like, I was going when I first found out about this. Was like I wanted him to do like a William Shatner thing. I wanted like right. a total Jeff Goldblum William Shatner album, where it's just like way out there. And I thought of the Iggy Pop thing. I'm like, I just want this so badly. Right. But it's not that. I know. But then, but then what it is is actually good for being a jazz album. Oh, it's a great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a big jazz guy. I listen yeah. to some jazz. I'm not gonna pretend that I have like the entire Thelonious Monk, you know, <laughs> and Duke Ellington. Yeah. collection sitting there amongst my records. Although I do have some jazz, but not a lot. It's not my thing. It's not like, uh, you know, 
not what I'm an expert on by any means, if I'm even a fucking expert on anything. But I like this. I mean, all the vocals. I like the beat these, goes on, how they did that. Yeah, they threw that in with that Sidewinder song yeah. or whatever. And that girl's voice, man, Inara George. I actually made a note because I was like, oh, my God, you know. I had to look her up. I was like, I got to look her up and see what she looks like. <laughs> Doesn't look as sexy as her voice. I mean, she's not a bad-looking lady. I'm not, no disrespect to Anara, assuming that I'm not disrespecting you by butchering the pronunciation of that, because I might be, might be Inara, <laughs> might be I-Nara, might be Inara, I-Nara, I have no idea. Pretty sure her last name's George, though. Can't fuck that one up. <laughs> so, I think that uh, that was the one, that was probably my favorite track on it, just because it was cool, and... Um, the way they threw the beat goes on in there, and she, yeah, just had a voice, man. The thrill is gone. Didn't like that so much. I mean, it was okay, but Miley Cyrus did the vocals on that, and she did a good job, but it just didn't yeah. grab me, you know. I didn't know it was Miley Cyrus the first time I listened to this. I didn't pay attention. I just thought it was like the same girl singing the whole time, and she just was like a chameleon with her voice and. Had all these different. I don't know. I just thought she sounded different on every track. I was, I thought, it, I, I assumed it was the Mildred Mitzer. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know who Mildred Mitzer was. I yeah. don't know who she is. Is she like the trumpet player? I didn't, you'd think I would look this up. Yeah. So I'd have my facts straight. But I figured by the time we got to this point in the podcast, I'd probably be a couple drinks in and it wouldn't fucking matter anyhow. So, which we are. So, and I noticed you know. Fiona Apple was on there too. Uh, yeah, the don't a, worry about me song. I haven't heard it. That was cool. From Fiona man. Apple in a long time. Yeah, she was on that new. Uh, just to talk about this too, it's worth mentioning the Echo in the Canyon documentary that's out now, and it's on. Uh, it's on Netflix. You can rent it on there or stream it on there. Whatever I'm trying to say. Really cool. Really cool documentary, especially if you're like a. Excuse me, fan of the birds and. Uh, like Buffalo Springfield, okay. you know our boy, our boy from last week, Neil Young. I think I've heard about that, or I've seen something about that documentary. Did like that Mike uh, that knows Denny? Did he have something to do with uh, Mike that? Nichols, I I yeah. don't know. He keeps posting stuff about it, and yeah, because really that's where I'm seeing that. From. He must maybe he did some editing work with it or something, because he does. I right. think he lands some gigs doing that stuff. I'm not really sure. Um. But yeah, cool documentary. I want to watch it again, actually, because I didn't get to sit and watch it all in one sitting because I was watching it. A buddy of mine was in town, showed up. I was like, ah, oh, it's good to see you, but fuck, I really wanted to finish this. I, I didn't feel that way at all. Hadn't seen him in two years. Genuinely missed him. Was glad to see him. I love that guy. Um, but anyhow, so, you know, I watched it, about half of it then, and then I watched like the other half the next day. Um, pretty hungover, not the worst shape I've ever been in, but <laughs> after hanging out with him all night, I was feeling a little rough. So I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I want to sit and watch it again where I'm really focused on it and not feeling like shit and can really enjoy it for what it is. Jacob Dylan um, put it together. Uh, at least he's kind of like the, uh, 
like a producer kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really know what his his involvement was completely. Like I didn't really pay attention to the credits, I guess. And I didn't know a lot of details going into it before I saw it, but he it's basically him. It's centered around him. Um and he kind of gets these other musicians like Regina Spector, Beck, Fiona Apple. Um trying to remember who else brian wilson at one point comes in plays piano and sings but they do like they they record a bunch of these old songs old buffalo springfield song old birds stuff like that um and uh so i'm not even i think there's a, a soundtrack that is out which i haven't even listened to yet embarrassingly enough um but i guess i kind of forgot that that was out too so they do some studio recordings and then they they put on like a live show, which it shows clips from that. But then there's interviews with a bunch of different guys too, like Stephen Stills and uh, David Crosby and uh, Brian Wilson, Neil Young. Um, God, like the Mamas and the Papas, Michelle Phillips. Oh, sounds kind of cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At this point, whatever. I don't want to drag drag it out talking about that, but it's a it's a cool documentary. I do recommend watching that one. And so Fiona Apple's in that for a short period of time and um and yeah, kind of like you said prior to that, I hadn't seen anything from her and then she sings on this. I thought she was just out of the game. Yeah. You know, I figured she just was dead to be honest with you. <laughs> I figured she died from a overdose of some sort. She died from a diarrhea dance. Diarrhea Dan. Oh, Diarrhea Dan, we're sorry, buddy. We're sorry about your problem. (laughs) Four on six, Broken English. I dug that one. It was another track. Yeah, that Broken English, I was like, I was laughing at this because I was like, is this some old song? Because it sounded like it wouldn't be appropriate now. It's like, don't say it in in German. Don't say it in Russian, but say it in Broken English or something. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. It sounded bad, kind of. Like the woke movement would just be pissed. Yeah, like for the times or something. I'm woke as fuck. I don't approve of this. How dare you? How dare dare you? you? How dare you? I should be in school right now. Let me fucking go to school, kid. All right, anyhow. Getting off topic again. Now now I just pissed off a whole bunch of people. Way off topic. Uh... I don't know if you want to spend much more time on the uh, Jeff Goldblum thing. No, but I just really want him. Like, I want him to do a William Shatner thing and maybe, like, in character as, like, Seth Brundle. And he's, like, the fly, and he's, like, playing piano or something. <laughs> That's what I'm envisioning. I mean, we could probably edit something together. It'd take a lot of time, though, and I wouldn't find it as funny by the time we put all that time in and finished it. I'd be like, yeah. fuck, this isn't even funny anymore. The joke's already over. Well, well, we'd just be just trying shit, to entertain man. ourselves yeah. and not anybody else. I don't know if anybody else finds their shit funny, to be honest with you. The Fly is a great movie. Just, you know, go back and watch that. It'll get you your Jeff Goldblum. Blum. <laughs> I'll say it wrong, Jeff. Jeff Goldblum kick. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's another good one. Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's a classic, too. I do like that movie. But The Fly. The Fly is fucking awesome. God, that's a great fucking movie. All right. (laughs) We'll move on. 
I will say though, every once in a while we bring up something, we bring up like a horror movie while we're doing this, and I'm like, God, we should do like a horror movie podcast too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyhow, Taylor Hawkins was the other one on this list. Yeah. What's up with that, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders? I think I picked that one too. I think I picked all these tonight. And stuff like I. I think I, dude, I picked the Miranda Lambert, and you didn't I think didn't I even picked all these, it. and I snubbed yours. Yeah. That's okay, because it's a piece of shit, so... Next time. I shouldn't be that mean. I shouldn't call things a piece of shit. This is art. Art is subjective. Yeah. I'm not trying to hate, except I really fucking hated that record. <laughs> um, so... I like some of the Taylor Hawkins, but some of it I hated. You know, the first song I thought was pretty cool. Cross the Line. Yeah, that was Starts one off that, promising. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool rock and roll song. Kind of just shamelessly uh, um, quotes Led Zeppelin, you know, yeah. with the been a long time since I rock and rolled. <laughs> For some reason, I had this weird thought when I was listening to that song. And he's saying, you know, he's telling somebody that they're crossing the line, right? And then he's just shamelessly, like, quoting Led Zeppelin. Do you think the song is written towards Greta Van Fleet? Hmm. And he's just saying, like, you're crossing the line by just ripping Led Zeppelin off. Because, I mean, they've kind of, you know, they're getting a lot of flack for that, right? Like, yeah. they've... It's one thing that they sound like Zeppelin, but then, like, their second record came out, and all of a sudden it was, like, started sounding like they were trying too hard to, like, kind of take the same kind of themes and what they were writing about, and the lyrical yeah. content and stuff. and True, because it's like, I kind of, with those guys, I was like back and forth. Like, Because I think the first or second song came out on the X, and I'm like, that sounds just like Led Zeppelin. Even the inflections in his voice, oh, and yeah. where he would actually like go higher and stuff, you know, it's the same exact like, uh, tone and everything down to a T. But I'm like, maybe the record label is just trying to make them sound like Led Zeppelin because this guy's voice is like that. So they're trying to like totally craft that and make that their label or something right. like that. Market them that way. Yeah, like market them that way. Because then I actually listen to some of the al- um, album tracks, not the singles. I don't know. Excuse me, I like those a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, with that band, I just don't think the songs are there. I think they're, yeah. like, talented and they got a great sound. I just don't think the songs are good. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, well, they're, like, 19. What the fuck was I doing when I was 19? Yeah, it's true. Like, nothing. I'm never going to do anything in my life at 35 that they're even doing at 19. Right. So, whatever. I mean. Whatever, man. You're doing this fucking podcast with me. This is something. Jesus, oh, Andy. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. God, I see what this means to you. I'll just fucking do this by myself. Hey, man. I, I can talk you. about whatever records I want. I just told you that you expanded my, like, musical horizons. That's true. So I already, like... Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I told you that. Okay. I'll let it slide. <laughs> I just, I just I, My feelings kind of got hurt there for a minute. Like, you were just saying that this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I feel like this, time, we're making an impact on yeah. the world right now. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, I'm trying to give him a chance, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. my problem with him is I own both records. And yeah, they're kids. What the fuck are they going to write about anyhow? But, you know, I've got their stuff, and the only lyric 
that I that I can quote you on right now is oh. Just the just the the opening, you know that song. Yeah. What is it? The highway song, where it's, yeah. uh, you know that O at the beginning yeah. or throughout, yeah. where he just does the big Robert Plant. Yeah, it's so manuscript. It's the only thing I can remember. It's like I've listened to both of these fucking CDs I have. And Actually, yet the only thing I can remember lyrically is the word O. So they can't be that good of songs. Is it uh, something where? How, like, there were boy bands in, like, the 2000s that were manufactured to sound like this? Are they actually, like, just manufactured to sound like Led Zeppelin? Is that the new thing? Like, we want to manufacture bands to sound like older bands because that's what sells, like, vintage shit? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it's a conspiracy. So Cross the Line by Taylor Hawkins and <laughs> yeah. the Coattail Red. What's the name of this album? I didn't... Get the money. Get the money. They're just trying to get the money. They're just trying Sound to get the money. Like and Brent Woods and the other dude is uh, riding Taylor Hawkins' coattails in order to get the money. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Aren't they, is, isn't this the same band that Chevy Metal? Like, Taylor Hawkins and Brent Woods have a band called Chevy Metal, right? Oh, is Brent Woods in that? I'm pretty I sure. He was doing, I thought that was just a cover band he did. Is that what it is? Is there just a cover band? I thought. But maybe I don't even know. That's kind of a cool name. Why wouldn't yeah. they have just made a record called Chevy Metal? Yeah. This Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders thing, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Because it's kind of like these lesser named musicians that are just <laughs> yeah riding Taylor Hawkins' coattails. So it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. That, and it's cool that they're just like okay with it. Like, yeah, man, just call off that because that's what we're fucking kind of doing. You know? Yeah. But then at the same time, it's not really a cool band name. Chevy Metal, I think, is actually cool. Yeah. And you know, I thought the same thing because it's kind of like along those lines. I thought, um, at this album, it just sounded like total leftovers from concrete and gold. You know what? I was gonna say it's like Foo Fighters without the songs, yeah. And there's like it's the most anticlimactic one dimensional record, it just falls flat all across the board. Like, yeah, the first song's cool. And then every song after that, it just is like this flat, I don't know how to explain it. Or there's a cool chorus, just, but there's, there's no... like not much of a song to get to the chorus. Or there's a cool part, but then there's not a cool chorus. Yeah. It's like there's some cool stuff, but It sounds not... cool. It's got a cool yeah. sound. There's just no fucking songs. And there's all these goddamn effects and stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't. I thought it would have been cool, but it kind of didn't. There's all these cute little sound effects and shit going on, and then it just falls flat. Like, there's just nothing. Like, it never peaks anywhere. It never jumps up. There's no lifts. Like, the choruses come, and it doesn't ever lift and go, you know, from here to there. It just kind of stays on this one fucking level the whole time, right? You know? I don't know. It just really... It's like if you're... Go on a helicopter ride, and the pilot's like, well, we're just going to get here to this altitude, and we're just going to stay there the whole fucking time. And you're like, no, I'm in a fucking helicopter. Take me down through this canyon over there, you know? Like, I just paid you good money. Take me for a fucking ride. Take me for a ride. You know? Yeah, because even, like, what is it? Nancy Wilson's on, like, the second song or something? And then I think Chrissy Hines on uh, the title track. 
And I think Dave Grohl's somewhere on there. And I'm like, so they got some, like, kind of cool guest stars. Mm-hmm. And it just does nothing but, for yeah. it, sadly. The Shapes of Things, at the very end, is, like, the coolest song. Uh-huh. Like, I go through this whole fucking record, and I get to The Shapes of Things at the end, and I'm like, now I get a reward? Now, mm-hmm. you know, now I get a good song? <laughs> Finally, like I liked the first song, and then you just put me through like ten other mediocre, just bland, yeah. just completely just vanilla, got nothing, and then now there's a song that's cool at the very end. Most people aren't going to make it all the way to the end of this fucking record. They're going to shut it off by the fifth song, the way this thing goes, man. You're yeah. just going to be like, man, I'm bored. I'm not going to finish this. I almost did. I toughed it out because we had to talk about this. <laughs> And, like, I have to know, I have to, I know that you just never fucking know, and there might be, like, some gem at the very end of the record, you know? Yeah. And this was the case. I was like, oh, shit. Cool song. But I then like, I don't have anything yeah. to say except, hey, cool song. Glad it took the whole fucking record to get here. I like Kiss the Ring. I don't know. I, I don't even remember that cool one. Phrase. Kiss the Ring. Yeah, kiss it's kind of like Smell the Glove. <laughs> Spinal Tap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was about him and his wife or something. And he's like, sure, I can do all this stuff, but then I gotta kiss the ring because uh, you're my wife. Yeah. That's yeah, that sounds really fucking lame. But then the one that I thought was really weird was like Queen of the Clowns. It sounded like some kind of like it was like how I guess I was thinking some of the stuff sounded like concrete and gold. Where it almost sounded like Dave Grohl's trying to do like a classic rocky kind of album. Yeah. And then this sounded like he's trying to do like a Broadway thing. Like, la, la, la. There's, like, a lot of, like, background vocals that that feel like for. (laughs) La, la, la. I don't know. I wanted to hear those guys again. Queen of the Clowns. I don't know. Like, I hated that one. Not to make you uh, develop a complex, but all these times I talk about auto-tuning you, I've never turned auto-tune on. Oh, I know. I produce this show. (laughs) I I know you know. I was just making a joke. Andy says, I know. I fucking produce this show. I'm the one that goes in and does all the hard work. Editing and everything while you just go about your day drinking more while I got to sober up and go edit everything together. You're no good at life no more. (laughs) You're no good at life no more. How many negatives were in that sentence? I kind of like that one, too. Those were the two that I really liked. Was that song and Kiss the Ring. (sighs) My final thought on this record... Is if you like Taylor Hawkins and you want to like something he did besides the Foo Fighters, Birds of Satan. Have you ever heard that album? Yeah, it's a wasn't great that fucking record, with, man. Uh, was that the one? No, that's them vultures. I was thinking oh. of the one with John Paul Jones. But that was John Paul Jones. That was Dave Grohl. Yeah. Them crooked vultures. So fuck Taylor Hawkins. He's really got, he's a Dave Grohl coattail writer, right? Maybe. <sighs> Maybe, but he is a badass drummer. I mean, I kind of get yeah. the feeling. He was in, what was he, in Alanis Morissette's band before? Oh, true. He would have made plenty of money being a hired gun. I yeah. Mean, but. Yeah, because I do like that. Uh, uh, something in the Sun, Cold Day in the Sun. I like that one that he had on the Foo Fighters album. Way back. The thing is, is he's got a cool voice. Yeah. I like Taylor Hawkins' voice. Bums me out. I want to like this more. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to bust out that Birds of Satan album now. Hmm. I like, think you let me copy that, and I haven't listened to that in a while. It's cool. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of, like, I don't know, like the helicopters and 
I don't know. For some reason, that's what band is sticking out when I'm hearing. That, I haven't listened to that record in a while, though. I'm going to bust it back out, though. God damn it. That's going to be my thing today. I'm going to bust that out. I'm going to crank it. I'm going to fucking crank it. Speaking of cranking it, this is off topic, but I can't imagine that we're going to spend too much more time talking about this uh, completely mediocre yeah. record. But, dude, the Slayer live thing. So, okay. The Relentless... Relentless. Oh, was it repentless? repentless? Yeah, I'm already. All right, cut me off. Uh, repentless Killogy. I want to watch it because there's like a movie, huh. but I don't like the way the stuff that I've read about it. It sounds like there's like a movie, like there's a shot, and like it's intertwined with live footage of them. Like it's a live record, and I and I listen to the album. I don't know if you're even a Slayer fan, but. I'm guessing not, because you no. didn't even respond. No. <laughs> You're just looking at me like, I'll just let you talk. Yeah. <laughs> Take the wheel, Brad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, Metallica had some movie a while back where it was kind of like this. Like, it was like a live concert, and then there was like a story. Yeah, I liked it. I actually liked it through the Never. Yeah. It was pretty good, I thought. Better than I thought it was going to be, but it's just not my thing. Like, I was, I don't know, not a fan of that whole thing, I guess. And so, I listened to this record. It was killer fucking live record. And I kind of want... I'm going to go see him in Moline here. Oh, you're going to that show? Thursday, oh, yeah. Cool. It's them, Primus, Ministry, Phil Anselmo, and the Illegals. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fucking show, dude. That's going to be a cool... I'm, I'm really excited about it. And uh, so, anyhow, I kind of wanted to buy the Blu-ray because I thought, like, well, I'm going to see him on this tour, and it's kind of the same set list. They've changed a couple things since, I noticed, but... Um, It'd just be cool to have that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it's like with that whole like story being weaved in there, I'm like, ah, fuck, is it going to be cool though? Am I going to even really want to watch it? Is that just going to piss me off? And what they need to do when they do these things, okay? Slayer, if you're listening, and Metallica, you can take notes too. They're not fucking listening, obviously, but anyone aspiring to do a movie like this, Please listen to to this suggestion. I want two versions of the fucking film, okay? I want one where it's just the concert, just the concert, none of the storyline, none of that bullshit, mm-hmm. and then I and then go ahead and do your artsy thing where you weave in all the fucking story, you know, footage and everything. Your little movie. Make your movie, you know. And if you pop the disc in, you can just press play and watch the movie as you intended it. But I want somewhere in the special features, I want to be able to watch it without all that bullshit. That way, if I don't like it, I can still watch the concert and enjoy it. So, yeah, motherfuckers. Take note. Yeah, like it's not even that hard either. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that hard. You already got the goddamn concert footage. Yeah. Just, just put that somewhere in there without all the other shit in it. <laughs> you know? I mean, honestly, like I'm probably not going to... If they made that version of Through the Never, I'm probably not going to watch it. I mean... That was okay. The footage was okay. I think the last cool live Metallica show that they put out was uh, Cunning Stunts. I had to be careful how to say that. Funny story about that. Again, (laughs) off topic. Oh, that's fine. But okay, Cunning Stunts, VHS. I still have, I probably still have a copy of that on VHS because I remember I bought it. And uh, I don't remember if it was while I was buying it or what the deal was. But 
I was working at Walmart, and I was ringing something up, and this dude that I worked with, he was like a metal guy too, and like we went and saw Megadeth like that year or the year after or something. We always talked about, like he was like the first person to play me a Merciful Fate record, okay? Like he introduced me to Merciful Fate and King Diamond and maybe even Slayer. And because he was just like into more underground, heavier stuff than like what I was. <clears throat> At that time, I was just pretty much like Metallica, Megadeth. Like I knew, you know, pretty much what all the rest of us fucking knew that weren't cool. So anyhow, I'm in line paying for something. It might have been this video. But I do, I just remember there was this old lady there in line ahead of me or behind me, and we were talking about the video, Cunning Stunts. And he referred to it as Stunning Cunts. <laughs> not even joking. Yeah. And he did not mean to. He fucked up and just, he wasn't trying to be funny. There was like an old yeah. lady in line, and he was like, well, he instantly looked white as a ghost. <laughs> like he just knew he was fucked and like he was going to get fired. And I don't think the old lady heard him, you know? Yeah. Because it was one of those where we're just looking at each other like, what the fuck did you just do? And she's just still just, you know, doing whatever. And God, it was so funny. Still a really funny memory. I don't know why I remember that. His name was Steve. I haven't talked to him in probably 15 years or more. So great story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow... Um, I don't have much more to talk about other than I think that now I've got the uh, the title of the debut Band of Fuck record. The working title, anyhow, for now will be Stunning Cunts <laughs> by Band of Fuck. So, we, yeah. I probably need to clean my act up. This doesn't need to get this vulgar. I don't know why you let me talk. Well, anyhow... Sorry, I'm not sorry, and we'll uh, wrap this up and just see everybody next time, I guess. Oh.